0: Today is a standalone uh, ser- sermon called My Prayer for You. And so to kind of start this out, uh, last week was Easter Sunday. How many of you guys were at Easter Sunday? Did you guys have fun? Okay, I had fun. And so uh, what, what was kind of lining up to that, uh, Easter Sunday, uh, we've been kind of packed. And so God lay on our, leaders, our leadership hearts to have two services and I just want to do a little celebrating this morning because last Sunday was a record Sunday for us. It was a record Sunday. So what I want to do is, I, you know, we, we were doing pretty good clapping at that. Uh, I want to give you a few uh, records that we recorded last Sunday. And I just want to celebrate just for a quick few seconds. Um, but last Sunday, over the two services, uh, we were packed out with 165 people and four salvations. Come on. Come on, church. That is awesome. And so uh, I was talking with the worship team. I'm like, man, we had a record-breaking Sunday, and people brought friends, and it was awesome, and and it was just a really great time to celebrate. And then it was like, oh, uh, we'll take a break this Sunday. (laughs) We'll just hang back. We'll chill with our friends. And so uh, if you know some of your friends are missing, tell them to get here. Tell them to be here because God has something great in store for them. But uh, last week was such an awesome deal for the Rock Church. And so in light of Easter being last week, and maybe you're a guest last week and you're returning today, um, I want to to share a little bit of what we do here as the Rock Church. And really, more importantly, not more importantly, it sounds kind of self-centered, but uh, maybe more transparently, what I pray for you as the Rock Church. I wanna share you what I pray for you as the Rock Church. I mentioned this, and I mentioned time and time again that we are a praying church, and it's because truly we are. Uh, as a pastor, I, I carve out my morning uh, to pray. I pray for you guys. I pray over these connection cards. I pray for our church. I try to seek guidance where God has taken our church, and even this Sunday morning, just like we have in the previous Sunday mornings, uh, maybe you guys don't know this if you don't serve. If you don't serve, I encourage you to do so. You get to see the behind the scenes of the Rock Church, but there was multiple moments this morning where teams got together and they prayed for your experience this morning in fact the prayer i started i came here i usually get here about eight i pray for about 30 minutes and then the worship team gets together and we pray the leadership team gets to pray uh the kids rock team they get together and pray the ushers and greeters security they get together and pray and so i want you to know how important prayer is here at the rock church it's not something that we just say to sound like good christians I think a lot of times we do that, say, oh, I pray, and we kind of do drive-by prayers, kind of like just throwing up to God. But we intentionally pray for our Sunday morning experience, and we just want to let you know that we pray for you that this experience would actually be heaven on earth in this building for you. Uh, We want Jesus to make him that apparent to you guys in your life. And so we pray for a lot of different things, but there's actually a piece of scripture that's the bulk of today's sermon, the core of today's message, that really shows what I pray, what we pray for you as a church. These aren't the exact words that we pray. This was written by an author a few, a couple thousand years ago, but it really reflects what we pray for For you. If you want to turn to Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1, starting at verse 16. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry. We got free ones at the back if you want one. Uh, But they're also in your message guide notes as well as the screens on behind me. But Paul is writing to a church in Ephesus, a church that he helped start, and he's keeping tabs on the church health. And he shares a prayer that he prays constantly for this church. Uh, Really quick, one of the cool things uh, to see some major power in your life is not necessarily to do what we call drive-by prayers. We kind of just throw it up really, really quick. um, But actually be faithful in your prayers. Be faithful in your prayers. There's a lot of scripture on faithfulness, and we have a sermon series this summer. That's when we talk about faithfulness but Paul he's talking about how he's faithfully praying for this church in Ephesus and it's a prayer that I believe reflects my own prayer for you guys and I just want to read it we're going to kind of dissect it and then I'm going to show you kind of where it goes and so we're going to have a little bit of teaching and then we'll wrap up with a little bit of preaching but let's go and just read it together it's a uh, verse 16 it says this it says I meaning Paul I have not stopped thanking God for you I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. And so right off the bat, I just want to explain just a few things Paul is saying a few things right here that there's a few concepts that I, as your pastor, I pray for this church. The first thing that we see is Paul is thanking God for his church. Paul, I want you to get this because um, if you guys guys ever had a peak in ministry, more times than not, uh, I don't do this, but more times than not, uh, pastors kind of are just bitter about things that happen in their ministry. And Paul right here is saying, you know what, I thank God for you guys. And this is Paul. Remember who Paul is. Remember? Paul is the one who's been persecuted. He's been thrown in jail. He's been casted out. He's been he's been stoned. Not not like Stone, Colorado. Keep that over there. Uh, stone. Come on, that was funny. Come on. That was funny. We can throw that one in there. Uh, but 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 he's he's been he's been stoned with rocks, and he left him out in the city for dead, and then he brushes himself off and marches back in the city and starts preaching. I mean, this is Paul, and he's saying, I, st- I do not stop thanking God. For you, And so I just want to let you know, as your pastor, I thank God daily for you guys. I thank God daily for you guys. The good, the bad, and even the ugly. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I do thank God for you, because this, this is, I consider this my church. I consider this one of my favorite churches, the best church, in my opinion. And God is doing some amazing things. And so please know this, me, and as well as the leadership, we thank God, and we don't stop thanking God for you guys, because you are the church. Our job is to equip you, and you guys go out and do the work. The reason the things that have been happening the last couple of months are growth and all that stuff. We've been quadrupled. It's been crazy. Uh, that's because of you guys. That's because of you guys. And so we thank God for you all the time. And as a pastor, I do thank God for giving you as my church. And so Paul's letting you know how much he appreciates them. But then he gives them an inside glimpse of what he prays for. And the first thing that he prays for is this. Look in your message guide notes. Look what it says. It says that Jesus would give you spiritual wisdom and insight that you would grow in your knowledge of God. Let me say that one more time. That Jesus would give you spiritual wisdom. Everyone say wisdom. And insight so that you would grow in your knowledge. Say knowledge. Of God. One of the coolest things as my past, as, as, as being your pastor, is not necessarily just growing this church. I mean, that that's awesome. It's a byproduct of what's happening here. But one of the coolest things that, that I have a joy in partaking and watching you guys is to grow spiritually. I love that. Now, This might sound kind of weird putting it out there uh, because I'm pretty young, but I consider you as spiritual children of the Rock Church. And with that being said, my job is to give you the food and nutrients that you need to grow spiritually in your walk with Jesus Christ. And one of the coolest joys that I have the honor of seeing is when I try to teach you a few things, preach you a few things, and walk with you through your spiritual life, and that light bulb coming off saying, oh, I get it now. I finally understand what you're trying to say. In fact, a pastor told me, he says, preach in a way that you're putting the cookies on the bottom shelf so everyone can have one. Does that make sense? And so that's one of the biggest joys that I have for you because I want you to grow spiritually. I want you to have spiritual wisdom and insight so that you can grow in your knowledge of God. And Paul says something here that's really, really important, that not only that you would grow, but that you would grow in your knowledge to God, that you would actually know God. Now, this word knowledge, I think uh, we've kind of lost the translation. The word knowledge is not like I cognitively know you. The word know is actually a very intimate word here. It's, It's actually the same word in scripture that says when. God created Adam and gave him Eve. And it says, Adam knew Eve and bore a son. That word know and knew, this, this is the same word that Paul uses here. He says that I want you to really know God. I want you to deeply know God. I want you to know him inside and out, and I want God to actually know you. And so Paul, he continues there, and he says, no, I just want you to know god the, the reason i'm talking about this part to begin with because i think a lot of times we say we know god but we don't know no god i think a lot of times it, it, it's almost like saying i know who president trump is but if the president walked in this room right now he had no idea who i am because we don't know each other this is different when it comes with our relationship with jesus he wants us to know God. It, it, it's almost like this. I don't know if you guys did this back in the day, but growing up, it was like uh, when you have a, a crush on a girl or a girl had a crush on you, and they'd write to you this, this little letter, and it says, Dear Vaughn, I think you're cute. Why are you laughing? I got those letters. I was a stud back in fifth grade. But it, it would say something like, Dear so-and-so, Do you like me? And they would have a little circle, yes or no. Now, boys or girls who ever got the letter, they're like, oh, of course I like you as a friend. And they said, no, 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 no. Do you like like me? Do you like like me? The same way goes for a relationship with God. Do you know, like, no, no, God? Because he knows you that much. And Paul's saying, I pray for you all the time that you would not just cognitively know, like you would just know of God, but you would actually personally know God. There's a huge difference in that. So Paul, he starts there, but he continues in verse 18, and he actually lists out three things that we're going to talk about today. Verse 18, he says, not only that you know God, but I pray that your heart will be flooded with light. The reason that's important is, did you know everything starts with the heart? In fact, the heart, your spiritual heart, it says that your heart has eyes in the Bible, that your heart has eyes. And everything that you see is filtered from your heart. So whatever is in your heart, that's how you kind of see the world. That's how you see your friends. That's how you see your family. That's how you see God. That's how you see everything in your life through the lens of your heart. And Paul is saying right here, he says, you know what? Your heart is so important. I pray that your heart would be flooded with light. And the reason that's important is because the light drives out what? darkness, and the reason why that's important is because in the heart, it says that out of the heart for the mouth speaks, that, meaning that your heart holds the abundance of what you, who you really are, what you really know, and if it's not the right thing, you're going to see God in a totally separate lens, and so he's saying this, he says, I pray not only that you would know God, but you actually start with a step one, that you would allow light to come in your heart and flood out all that pollution." Newsflash, we all have a bad heart. We were born with a bad heart. We talked about last week. No, none of us are, are just kind of just naturally good. We, we actually naturally do the opposite. We, we sin, and so that pollutes the heart. And so he's saying, I, I pray that, that your heart will be flooded with light and all that toxins and pollution, that, that can actually, it can cause your view of God to be clouded if you let that sit there. And some of us, let me kind of be a little honest, how, most, how, how many of us in our heart, we hold a lot of neglect and abuse and hurt, and we just let it sit there, when actually it, what happens is, is we kind of bottle it up in our, in our heart, and it begins to rot our heart from the inside out. And Paul is saying, you know what, we got to start with your heart. Like I'm gonna pray for you. Like I pray that your heart will be flooded with light, and that light would bring healing. It, it, it's it's the only way I can I can kind of put this is when my daughter was born, uh, she had jaundice and re- like really 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 bad. Like 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 I didn't think it was that bad, when I was holding her until I saw pictures. Uh, we just had her five year birthday uh, a couple uh, days ago, and uh, I looked at some of her baby pictures. I mean, she was like like green as the Grinch. Like it was just ugh. it was like my goodness. <laughs> like she was that like, green. But the way they battled jaundice. I don't know if you guys have known this, but many of you guys do. But they pull these cool little sunglasses on her, and they put her in this, it looks like a sun tanning booth, is what I call it. But they put her in and they, sh- they shine light on her. What happens is it starts driving out the toxins, you see, that's what the light of God does for you spiritually, in your heart. You let the light in, and it starts drawing out that darkness. All that toxins and pollutions. it starts getting rid of all that. And so that's why Paul says, he says, I pray that you would let the light in, because when you let the light in, meaning Jesus, it clears up the darkness so that, so that, and this is actually back to Scripture, so that, we, we got to start with that, so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those, that's you, he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. These are the two things that are tied together. Paul is praying that, number one, that his church would know God better, and if they do, that they would yearn to know him better. And he prays that they would let, their, let in their hearts the light to clear up any darkness, so that, this is your part, this is part of your benefit, so that you would know with confidence Your calling that God gave you. Here's something interesting. If we have a polluted heart and we let that sit there, it's really hard to understand our calling that God has given us. If you let that sit there and you don't let any light come in, it's really hard to understand why God created you. Because you're not seeing him through the correct lens. You're not hearing him through the correct lens. Well, Vaughn, you're the pastor, right? We, all, we only think that pastors get calling. But let me tell you this. Everyone here that calls himself a Jesus follower, it says that God, before you were even born, he's given you a plan and a purpose for this life. And with that in mind, there's a reason why you were born. But you won't understand it if you let that pollutantness in your heart, the toxins in your heart. that's why you got to let Jesus, the the light to come in your heart, to drive all of that out. If you don't clear your heart, you won't understand your calling. It's actually a process that we have to do. Why? Because when you find out your purpose, you can live this life fully. Let me say that one more time. When you find out your purpose, you can live this life fully. And so I, I pray that this makes sense because Paul is saying that God is wanting you to really know you. God is really wanting to know you. And even better, he wants you to know him. It starts there. It's, that's step one, that you would know God. And not only that you would know God, but you'd actually let God into your life. He starts cleaning out all that junk that's been holding up in there, all that hurt and neglect and abuse and, and, and all that nasty stuff right there. Let him deal with that so that you can live this life through the lens of Jesus Christ and that you would actually know why you were made. You see, the issue comes here, is many Christians live this life not knowing their purpose. Let me say that one more time. Many Christians go through this life not knowing their purpose. They know what their job is. Oh, I work for a living. Oh, I, I get that. I work too. But wh- wh- why? Like, why, what's the reason for what you do? A lot of people, they go through this life having no clue what their purpose is. And Paul's saying right here, he says, you need to let God in your life clear out all that junk so that you would know, not only know that you would have the confident hope of the calling placed in your life, that you would know for with confidence why you were created. I mean, and this is truly what I pray, not these these exact words, uh, but everyone who knows who has prayed with me before service, uh, I say something along the lines of this. So let me read this, and this is kind of what I pray for you guys every day, and especially during Sunday service. I usually kind of pray along the lines of, you know, God, would you bring the people you want here, both young and old. God, bring those who haven't stepped foot through a church, bring those who haven't came in a while, and for those who have been sitting in the chairs for years but don't really know you, God, let today be that day. Lord, change the hearts of the people and let them know who they are in your eyes. We pray that prayer every single day for you because I know God has a plan and a purpose for your life. I don't care if your mom and dad planned you. I don't care if you were called an oops. I don't care if, if, if you were adopted. I, I, I don't care about any of that. But what I do know is this. God does not make mistakes. And because of that, you are here for a reason. And my job as your pastor, as, as your shepherd, or, or just kind of as your tour guide through life, is to show you what steps to take in order for you to find out your plan and purpose. I mean, I took my, my first part of growing up, my, I, my, I, uh, I was born out of wedlock, and um, my mom. Uh, left, I was adopted by my stepmom, and and so I had a lot of just confusion growing up. I didn't really know if there was a plan and a purpose, and I thought, well, man, if my mom and dad didn't plan me, then, you know, am I just here? And so, you know, I started running after all these different things and got into some trouble, and I, you know, even got into some other things that kind of maybe showed me who I was, but it wasn't until the day I got serious about my relationship with Jesus that he came in, that light that we are talking about flooded in my heart, and I knew right there, I'm like, this is why I was born. This is why I'm here. I'm actually going to share about that towards the end of service. But this is what we're going to be talking about today. This is what we pray for you. But we don't just leave it there. Every week, on the back of that green connection card, go ahead and pull that green connection card. I'm going to show you why we have the next steps on there. I think a lot of times, I shared in the Facebook Live thing on our our Facebook page, I think a lot of times we think these next steps are just for us to kind of push you through our church. There is a spiritual reason why we ask you if you want to be baptized. There's a spiritual reason why we ask you to go through growth track. There's a spiritual reason why if you want to meet the pastor, because I heard he's a pretty cool dude. Uh, But there's a reason why we ask you to do the things. We don't just ask you just to ask you. There's actually a spiritual reason behind it. And so for the next few moments, I just want to go over these and show you why we pray this way and why we ask you to take these next steps. Pastor Chris Hodges from the uh, Church of Highlands, one of the Great churches, in my opinion. Uh, he, he, call, he actually calls this the spiritual continuum. And it's all based on the scripture that we just read. Because everything in this life, it's about a journey. Everything in this life, it's about a journey. And in the scripture that we just read, that's actually a spiritual journey. It's a process step one, two, three, and four. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about this morning. The same journey I want you guys to go through. But before I walk through that, I want to look at the scripture that we just tore apart. And I want to read a paraphrased version of it, because I think it might help clear it up a little bit, because that was a lot of teaching. But let me read this for you. It's all the message. This is a paraphrased translation. It says, It says, That's why, when I, again, meaning Paul, I heard the solid trust you have in the Master Jesus, and your outpouring of love to all the followers of Jesus. I couldn't stop thanking God for you. Every time I prayed, I think of you and give thanks. But I do more than thank. I ask God of our Master Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing Him personally. Huge thing know you personally, that your eyes are focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he's calling you to do, that you can grasp the immensity of the glorious way of life that he has for his followers, oh, and the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him, endless energy, boundless strength. Paul's saying here, if you let Jesus in, you live this life radically different, If you find out why you were called, why you were born, your plan and a purpose, you will not live this life the same. It will be completely different. And it's these four things that you would know him personally, your eyes would be focused and cleared to see exactly what he's called you to do and that you'd grasp the immensity of God. Those four things are actually listed on the back of your connection card just in different phrases. And so the first one is this, to find out where you are in this journey with these four things and take the next steps. Let me give you first one. The first thing that you got to do on the spiritual journey, number one, is this know God. It's the first blank in your notes. You got to know God. Like, like, not just know, but remember, remember, to know, know God. To know Him personally. To, to not just cognitively know or mentally know, but to deeply know each other. And I say at the beginning, many of us we, we, we say we we know God like we know the president. But if the president would come here, he would would have no idea who we are. And this is troubling to me. Because a lot of Christians, we stop right there and say, oh, I know God. I know God. I went to church every day. I sang the songs. I even served some. Man, I I went out and and I know I did a little bit of prayer. let Let me show you what happens when you don't know no God. Matthew 21 says this. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father will enter. On Judgment Day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied your name. We casted out demons in your name. We performed many miracles in your name. We went to church every Sunday. We sang the songs. My kids went to Kids Rock. We went to the events. I went to Bible camp sometimes. Like, God, we did all of this. And Jesus would reply, and he says, I don't know you. But God, I did all of those for you. He's like, but you missed it. You did all of those, but you didn't know me. Christians, remember this the enemy can actually distract you with what sounds like spiritual things. While the whole time, God just says, would you just spend time with me? Even this morning, we're, we're, that's one of the things we kind of got later in our hearts during the time of worship. We're starting to cultivate time where, where you, like, it will have to put you in itself in a position where you hear from God. And I know it kind of sounds like awkward 30 seconds, like, are they going to say something? Are they going to sing? Like, I don't know what to do. There's no words on the deal. That's your time to hear from God, to be with God, to know God personally. Because that is what God wants us to do. That's what I want you to do, to know God personally. So how do we know God, to truly know God? First John 2, 3, he says this, he says, we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. Now, the word obey is not a very sexy word in today's times. In fact, obey, we kind of think, oh, that's the law. Oh, like, oh, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to step over here. Obedience is everything. And it's not obedience like God saying, you need to do this. I'm going to whack you over the head with my cane. He's saying, I love you so much. And because I know that God loves me so much, and he does these things in my life, I can't help but to obey God. Another pastor put it this way. He says that there's two sons mowing a lawn. And the father, one son, he mows his lawn. He tries to get it perfect because he, he knows his, he wants to win his father's approval. And But every time the father comes out and he says, you missed a spot. You missed that spot. You cut it too short. You cut it too tall. You're, you're not getting it right. And so he's trying to obey his father out of this heart. But he's got another son. He's got another son. he comes out and he says, son, I love you so much. Like, you are fantastic. You do a great job. And because he knows he already has his father's approval, he mows the lawn exactly what he needs to do. You see, obeying God is not, we don't want to obey you out of fear. we, We obey God because we love God that much. And he loves you even more. And that's what First that's what John talks about. He says you can ensure that you can know him if you obey his commands. You can know God truly when you begin to live out the things that God has called you to do. So for each point, I'm actually going to give you an action step. And so I'm going to kind of preach it, and then I'm going to give you a little action step here. So to know God, what is an action step to know God? Well, the first one a lot of us know is that we kind of say that prayer. And that prayer is not actually the, the life-changing prayer, although it can be life-changing. But it's the lifestyle after that. Meaning that I love God and I'm going to resemble that in the way I live. But the action step in my own experience that really said that, like, man, I, like, I know God is actually to make a public declaration with water baptism. So that would be the action step to be water baptized. Now, really quick, baptism does not save you. We do not believe that here at the Rock Church. But we do believe baptism is almost like the wedding day. For the rest of the people around you to know, oh, he loves Jesus. That is why we water baptize. It's a public declaration. And to show you this, to show you that this is actually biblical, there was a time in Acts 2 where Peter, he, he got filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And he, I love this. He gives a 10-minute sermon, mind you. 10-minute sermon, one service, 10-minute service. And 3,000 people came to Christ that day. We had two services last week. Oh, that fell short. We're not going to do that joke next time. Write that down on that day. <laughs> I'm just saying, Peter was a pretty good preacher. He was, he was, he was pretty good. He was pretty good. Ten-minute sermon, 3,000 people got saved. But right after that, what did he say? What right after that? They got saved, and they were baptized, all 3,000 of them. You see, there's a reason why we baptize. You see, Scripture says they, to, 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 they repented and be baptized. To repent is to get your heart right with God. And to be baptized is, again, like the wedding ceremony, let everyone know that you love God. And if you got even as baptized as a kid before you made your decision to follow Christ, we even encourage you to be baptized again. Because a lot of us, we got baptized or christened as a baby. I, ha- I was and so a lot of times we leave that there, but I want to encourage you to be baptized again. Is not a disrespect of what happened to your childhood. I would actually say it's actually confirmation to what they were praying about for you as a baby that you would grow up knowing your plan and purpose and that you would be a God-honoring follower of Jesus Christ. And so now you made that commitment, and you're going to reestablish again. It's almost like restating your vows, saying, God, I love you. I want to have a relationship with you. And that's why we ask you to be water baptized. It's a huge and powerful moment. We have baptized people, and it just seemed like their whole life just got just, just kind of back in order. We've baptized people, and right at that moment, they got filled with the Holy Spirit. we baptized people, and it seems like nothing happened, but two weeks later, they're a radically different person. You see, there's power in baptism. And so we ask you to be water baptized. So on the back of your connection, and again, this all goes back to the connection card, if you want to be baptized or want more information, check that off as your next step. If you know God, but you haven't been baptized yet, this is your next step. Not because Pastor Vaughn says so, because in the Bible, that's what they do. This is what Jesus tells us to do. And so if you haven't baptized, check that off. We want to baptize you. It's great. We don't hold you under for too long. We wait for the last bubble to pop up, and then we bring you back up. It's not that bad. It's great. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Just, some of you guys are like, I'm not being baptized. I'm not coming back next week. But that's the first step. Know God. Know God. Be water baptized. But if you, if you have accepted Jesus and you know God, the second one would be this. Find freedom. That's the second point. Find freedom. And this is the part where Paul was talking about clearing the darkness from your heart and keep doing that. Why? Because Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. That is how important guarding your heart is, church. It determines the course for your entire life. Here's the thing. You can get saved and still have issues. Like you can begin to know no God, but still have issues. I do. You can still have problems. You can still have hurts. You can have habits. You can have addictions. It still happens. Even when you know Jesus Christ. The only difference is, is that now you know Jesus, you don't have to continue to live that way. You see, you can actually begin to resolve those issues for the first time in your life with the real power of God. And that's the whole thing about finding freedom. Because a lot of Christians, they get water baptized, but they sit here and say, you know what? This is my burden to bear in this life. I'm going to keep wrestling this issue by myself. Let me tell you, God does not want you to live that way. He doesn't want you to keep wrestling. In fact, it says if you stay there, you actually can't continue on this spiritual progression. You have to get those issues figured out. But here's the cool thing. You don't have to figure them out. God has already done that. He just wants to bring those results into your life. He wants that for you. We think we wrestle our issue with just God and me, but that's actually not his plan. Did you know that? That we have issues, we have addiction, happens to say, This is between God and myself. Did you know that's actually not what God wants you to do? Let me read this to you. James 5.16. This is super powerful. It says this confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. Why? Because the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Let's be honest with ourselves. We've got problems. I, as your pastor, have problems. And I want you to know, we don't resolve those issues by just, God, would you take this away from me? Yeah. That's good. You can pray that. I pray that as well. God, would you just do something? Would you just just, just rid this of, the, of my life? Good prayers, good prayers. But you're supposed to go through this life with a friend And confess your sins to one another. Let me put it this way, kind of give you a result. When I got married to my wife, I struggled with pornography. I struggled with pornography for up to the first year of my marriage. It was not good. And I've done some things that I was not proud of, and I was hiding it. Even after I got married, I was hiding it. And God told me, he says, you cannot continue to your ministry until you get this junk figured out. And I'm like, God, That well, like, what, what does that mean? Like, I've been praying to you. Would you forgive me? Did, did you not forgive me? Did I miss a memo? Or like, what, what's going on? He's like, no, 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 no. Because you're still wrestling with it. And you haven't confessed it to someone. Do You know what confession does? It brings what's in darkness, out of darkness into light. Just like Paul says, let the light in. Why? Because light drives out the darkness. And so I had to have a talk with my wife. And I said, babe i got to let you know, I've been struggling with pornography. It hasn't been good. And let me tell you, when I did that, it was like God himself picking up the heavy yoke off my shoulders. And he says, here's some freedom. You know why? Because I'm not wrestling with it alone. I've got a spiritual partner who's praying on my behalf all the time. And that is the importance of finding freedom. Letting other people know about the things that you struggle with. Now, I'm not saying go out and like, just yell to the world, like, oh, I am messed up. Look at me. Wave your flag. Don't do that. Don't do that. But this is the action step. This is how you work this out. Is we want you to join a community group. On the back of your connection, there's a part where you join a community group. Now, community groups is something new that we started here a couple of years ago. Where you're going to go off and you're going to go hang out into various people's homes. And here's the thing. That community group is actually very important for you because that is where you find relationship, but not just relationship, not just friendships, not just, just talk and have fun and hang out, but that's the time where you find out that this person sitting next to you wrestles with the same junk that you do. And there might be an evening or a morning or wherever at the coffee shop where something's tugging on your heart, and you go to that person and says, hey, can I talk with you? I heard you had a really nasty divorce and I'm on the brink of divorce. I just want you to just, just to just to be there with me. See, there's power in that because that's when the body of Christ unites together. And let me tell you, when that happens, that is what makes hell shakes in its boots. It's so powerful. And that is why we push for you guys to join a community group. If you haven't joined a community group, we're going to have one here in the next, for the summer semester, you're missing out. You're missing out. Life happens at the community group, and they're safe, and everything stays there, stays there, doesn't get out, and it's amazing what God does in that community group. So we want you to find freedom through a community group. Hebrews actually tells us why. He says, let us think of ways to motivate one another, the acts of love and good works. Verse 25, let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of the Lord is drawing near. In a community group where you get to know people who are just like you, issues and all, and it's powerful. So we want you to join a community group. On the back of your connection, if you know God, if you've been baptized, your next step is to join a community group. You want to start having those relationships. You are not intended to live this life alone just with you and God. And I know that sounds beautiful, and it sounds like, oh, I'm just going to be me and God, and we're going to be your own little box, and no one's going to come in, and this is oh, it's just all laissez-faire, whatever. God wants you to live this life with other people. And that happens through community groups. So we know God, we find freedom. The third step is this, and this is my favorite step, is discover purpose. Discover purpose. They say there are two days in your life. You know what the two great days in your life are? Number one day is the day that you were born. The second day is the day you realize why you were born. Two best days of your life. God has a plan and a purpose for you. And I cannot say that enough because so many people walk this life thinking that they have no value whatsoever. God has value in you. In fact, it says, when God created you, He created you with different gifts, your your talents and abilities, things that God has graced you with, things that just come naturally to you. Romans 12, 6, he, he puts it this way. He says, In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Let me ask you this question Do you know your gifts? Do you know your gifts? If I were to ask you, Vaughn, what are the gifts that God has given you? Could you give me an answer? And if you say no this morning, I want to let you know that's okay. Because I lived like that for years. And it wasn't until I went and I went through the spiritual journey, like I found my gift. One of the gifts I do not have is assembling furniture. I hate doing that. It's a whole other sermon on that one. But one of the gifts that I believe I do have, and it's interesting, let me share you the kind of the story of it, is I believe I'm gifted to communicate. And one of the things that I knew it was a gift from God is because throughout my high school and early college life, I was terrified of public speaking terrified like i sweat now just because I, it's hot but before i would sweat because i was nervous it was bad i, I remember the most vivid time like, i have like where i pray I'm like, dear god do not make me have to public speak for a living i had to give uh i had <laughs> i had to uh i had to draw something in history class uh my senior year just a quick it was like a one minute doodle about something and i had to explain to it, it so it was supposed to be fun it was not fun for me i hated it and so he wrote it, and he says, Vaughn, would you come up, and, and would you share what you have? And I said, sure. And, you know, and, and I wasn't like an awkward kid in high school. Like, I knew well, I knew people pretty well. I was part of sports, and I was part of life with the, with the school. But man, when I got them talk, like, it was like, oh, my goodness. And let me tell you, picturing people in their underwear does not help. That is a lie. It does not help whatsoever. So I get up there, and I hold my piece of paper, and it's supposed to be like this. Like, this is what this is, you know, yada, yada. I'm up there, and I'm sweating. I'm like... This is, this is what this is. This is what this is. And it was so bad. It was so bad. It was a one-minute presentation. 30 seconds into it, my teacher said, Vaughn, you can sit down true story. It was horrible. It was, I hated it. And then when I found my purpose, and and I realized that I'm actually called to to go preach, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I would love ministry. I like to do all that stuff, but actually get in front of people and talk. So I was trained up in Scott's Bluff, and my first people that I had to preach in front of was like 500 people. And I'm like, good Lord. And I told the, I I told, I told Tyson, I said, Tyson, I don't do this like it's not gonna be good like you might have some buckets up here i might throw up and i'm chugging water and it's just it's just not good on top of that is a very good church known for speakers and so i'm like i have this reputation it was it was not lining up. and as soon as i stepped up there and i got behind the pulpit it was like something snapped in my life and i gave my first sermon and it felt like two minutes went by it was actually like 45 minutes and it was like the best time of my life. And from that moment on, I knew without a, shadow of a doubt that God has called me to speak to his people. Now, that's my gifting. What is your gifting? Do you know it? Do you? Because right there, Paul's saying, he's saying, you know what? God has graced you to do certain things well. What do you do? Well, 1 Peter 4.10, he says God has given us each of us a a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. When God created you, it it was almost like he He was molding you and forming you. And he says, I'm going to give you some of this. I'm going to give you some of that. And he opens up his vault of different spiritual gifts. And he says, oh, oh, you're going to be great at this. And he put that into you and sent you in this world for the purpose that you would live in this life according to your gifting so you can live this life fully. Do you know your giftings? Here's the action step to that. If you don't know your giftings, we want to help you to discover your purpose through our growth track. That's the action step. Attend the next growth track. We have those every quarter. And what we do, it's not super hard. We just we let you know who the church is, who I am. It's like a membership class. And all it is at the very end There's the part called discovering your purpose. And we give you some personality tests and all these different spiritual giftings tests. And you can kind of find out where God has placed you. And there are things that you might have known the whole time, but you just haven't really actually seen it. But there are some things that might surprise you so we want you to attend the next Girl Chat because let me tell you, we want you to discover the purpose. A powerful moving church is a church filled with people who know their purpose. We want you to help that. 1 Corinthians 12, one, again, he's addressing the church of Corinth. He says this, he says, now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about special abilities that the spirit gives us, he says, I don't want you to misunderstand this. Church, I want you, my prayer is for you in this life not to be ignorant of how God created you. I want you to fully know your potential in this life on this earth because when you do that, nothing can stop you. It's amazing how full your life is when you live in how God plans you to live with your giftings and your purpose. Don't miss out on finding out what your purpose is, why Jesus created you. Don't do that. You'll live the most empty life on this earth. Know why God created you. So we're almost done with the process. We have one more. So we know God, we find freedom, we discover purpose, and lastly, we make a difference. I haven't met a per- person that lived this life that says, ah, I'm good without making a difference. And if they do, I think they're lying. Because here we actually have God created us wanting to make a difference in this life. In fact, maybe some of you experience this, but we have a longing to make a difference in this world. Do you know why? Because this is how God created you and me. And actually, it's one of the ways we receive joy in this life when we make a difference. 1 John 15, 8, he says, When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Verse 11, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. How does your joy overflow? Back to verse 8. When you produce much fruit. Meaning that when you make an impact in this life, when you start doing changes, when you start going out and you bear God's fruit... That is how you receive joy in this. He's saying that when you're you're up and getting plugged in and making a difference, not only does that bring joy to God and he gives you like a big thumbs up, but it also brings you joy. Some of the most joyless people that I know are people who don't make a difference in this life. And it's because, again, it's the progression, it's because they don't know what their special gifts are. They don't know how to make an impact. God has commissioned you to be world changers in this life. And how do you do that? Here at the Rock Church, let me help you out with that really quick. His action step is this, is join the Dream Team. That's how we do it here. The Dream Team is the big umbrella here at the Rock Church where you are out there and you're serving. And it's much more than just serving at Kids Rock. It's much more than helping clean the church. Really quick, I just want to give kudos to the people. There are people who can clean the church Every weekend, no one sees it, and they just do a really, really great job. So, thank you guys for being a part of that. It's a brand new team we just launched. And so, but that, they're a part of the dream team. And we have the greeters and ushers, and that's part of the dream team. And the reason we call it a dream team is because you make the dream come true for this church. You are the reason why this church moves in the direction that it goes. And here's the thing I'm kind of put this out there, be honest. It's not because we need you. This church can actually function without our dream team but we want you to serve in the body of Christ because that is the way that you receive fulfillment is to serve and make an impact in this life. That's how it happens. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, it says, all of you together are Christ's body and each of you are a part of it. Let me share a big part of of my heart. I I just don't want a church where we show up, we check in our kids at Kid Rock, we go get our free coffee and our donuts, we come in, We hear some great songs. We hear the pastor speak for whatever. And we say a prayer and we go. I don't even want that if this church goes goes to a thousand people. And that's all we do. You know why? Because there's no fruit in that. It's just mundane living. And there's no benefit to that. And I don't want us to leave our walk with Christ summed up in just that. If that's what what we do, our story will look a lot like those in Matthew 27. Lord, Lord, I knew you. Well, you didn't know know me. I want you to know know God. I want a church that, that, that we do that, but we also serve in the body of Christ according to our gifts and that here is the dream team. The dream team, just all the volunteers, you make the things happen. Let me tell you, it is a joyous place to be. And if this is your next step, I, you will want to check that box on the back of your connection card to join the dream team and start serving. It's one of the best things that you could do here at The Rock Church. Now, on top of that, because we're saying, you know, Vaughn, do I just come here and serve on Sundays and that's my purpose? No, 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 no. We want you to take what you learned here and go out and apply it into your professional lives. And so one of the ways we do that here is uh, we're excited to announce. We did it last year as kind of a startup. But uh, one of the things that we're doing this year, you can write it on your calendars for sure, is on June 23rd, we're having our serve day called Hashtag I Love North Platte. That's one of the biggest things that we do. It's one of our biggest Sundays of the year. And so in the next few weeks, you'll actually be able to look out, look out at a serving board where you can help make a difference and make an internal impact in somebody's life. Last year, we did a lot of great things. We helped out with uh, the foster closet, and we helped someone build a privacy fence that they desperately needed. We helped store clothes. We did all this fantastic stuff. And it can seem like on the outside looking in like, oh, you're just skipping church on a Sunday to go help do some chores. It's much more than that. It's much more than that. Do you know how Jesus says that people will know that you love Jesus? It's through your love for one another and those around you. One of the best ways to show your love to our community in North Platte is to serve them. And do you know how we know that? Because Jesus himself served and washed the feet of his disciples. From the outside looking in, it can say, man, that guy's just washing feet. But Jesus says, no, 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 this is how you know that I love you. This is how North Platte will know that we love them. It's through our community serve day. Last year was a blast. And just to give you something to look forward to, uh, to wrap things up this morning, we want you to check out the video from last year. I'm going to play that. So we're down here at the foster closet today. The foster care closet is just a place where when kids get placed in the foster care, Uh, they can come down here and to get new clothes uh, helping them get some of their spring and summer clothes off the shelf put out the fall and winter clothes putting some shelves together helping them to uh, just get ready for the fall and winter season Today wow. for uh Phyllis Powell, kind of getting out and helping her out, just a couple of things she needed done and trying to give her a helping hand, getting it done. for the people that are being put out or need a place to stay while they're looking for some employment or maybe they just haven't secured housing yet. This is an apartment facility for a family to stay in. Needs a little updating, some paint work. So we came out here this morning. We've been painting the rooms in this apartment, getting them all cleaned up, cleaning up some beds and that sort of thing for them. Make it look real nice. So that's our serve day that we're going to be doing every year. And it's much more than just a bunch of chores. It's to go out to a community that desperately needs the love of Jesus Christ. And the best way to do that, at least what I see in scripture, is to go out there and serve them. You see, church, the whole thing in this life, it's it's one big spiritual journey. It starts off with knowing God, being baptized let Jesus come in and clean all that junk out, going off and finding your purpose and that freedom and begin to do the work that God has called you to do according to your giftings. This is what we're here about the Rock Church. That's why in the back of your connection card, we go over this every single Sunday. We want you to continue on this spiritual journey. And through today, I hope that you realize where you're at and the next step that you need to take. My prayer is that you would check off that next step, that you would find out that's where I need to go. And let me tell you, as you continue, there's not an ending to this. That's one of the cool things about this life. You're always learning. You're always growing. But it's also possible to remain stagnant, not to go anywhere. And the result of that is not bearing any fruit, feeling unfulfilled, not happy, dissatisfied. But man, when you find out your plan and purpose, that God, that he ordained and put that in you, this life is amazing. It's great. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for this message. I thank you, Lord, that you are calling us to live a life of not just mundane living, but also to live in freedom, to know you, to discover purpose, and to make a difference. And I just have one call today. For those of you who have not took the first step of knowing God, like you don't know know God, like you know of him, you heard his name, you've been to church a couple times, but you don't know God personally. I wanna help you out with that. And I just wanna pray for you. But if that's you saying, you know what, I need to know God personally, would you just slip your hand up and I just wanna pray for you. Is there anyone here? Saying, I need to know God. Amen, yeah. Is there anyone else? Father, you can even pray this prayer. Father, would you make me clean? Would you make me new? God, I no longer just want to know of you, but Lord, I want to intimately intimately know you. I want to have a relationship with you. God, would you bring your light into my heart? Would you clear out that darkness? And Father, that I would see you with, through a new lens, and through that I'd find out my plan and my purpose. From this day on, I start living for you and not myself. God, I thank you for this message. I thank you that you have called us to live this way. In your mighty name, everyone said, amen, amen.